Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So I want to tell you guys about this company, Orate. I am really such a fan of this jewelry line. Basically, it is fine jewelry that's made in New York City, and it's founded by women for women. So they have pieces that range from like classic to statement to totally original. And their whole thing is basically that they make jewelry that you've always wanted, but you can never find. And I think the way that it was started is so interesting. So it was started by two friends. They were at brunch, and one of them had a green finger from wearing like this very overpriced ring that obviously, you know, wasn't real. And, and every woman, I feel like, has been in that situation where you get something, you like it, you know it's kind of not that good quality, and then you have a green finger. Um, and they were just fed up with it, and they decided that they wanted to shake up the jewelry world and offer, like— beautiful pieces at an affordable price that were actually good quality. And that is exactly what they did. The other thing is that they sell directly to you. So there's no middleman markup. So it's the same quality as, you know, these very traditional Fifth Avenue brands, but it's a fraction of the cost. The ones that I, so we tried earrings and I did a pair of gold huggies. I love like mixing and matching for your ears. So I did gold huggies. I did one in each ear. So, so, so simple and beautiful. And you can wear it in the shower. You can wear it with everything. It's like I don't know. I was such, such, such a fan of this. I was really excited to try it. And I'm so happy that I genuinely loved it. So for 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC. That's A-U-R-A-T-E newyork.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC for 15% off your first Orate purchase. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. So, a couple of things. I feel like we have a lot of housekeeping announcements. Is that true? Yeah, I guess so. Right? A couple of things. In terms of this episode, there was no actual Kardashian episode last night. So, we kind of had to, you know, improvise a little bit. It was the greatest night of my life. (laughs) Yeah, Julie didn't have to transcribe the entire episode. But this is what we're going to do. So, last week— we had kind of a big week, and one of the things that happened was we had Dr. Dubrow and Dr. Nassif from Botched come in, and we did like a 25-minute bonus interview with them. So our initial plan was that we were going to put that at the end of the Kardashian bonus show. We're still going to do that, so towards the end of this, we're going to put in that interview, and we decided for this week, we may as well just do this episode as kind of like our Kardashian recap, but intensified. Is that a good way to put it? Amazing way to put it. Because in our regular episode, which comes out tomorrow, we're doing a Barbara Corcoran interview at the end. So we needed to save some time anyway, and it ended up just working out perfectly. I love when things work out. Right? Don't yeah, you? I do. <laughs> also, last week, we had, obviously, John Mayer come in. If you guys didn't listen to that episode yet, you definitely should. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, you should definitely listen. We have never, ever, ever gotten a response like we've gotten to this one. It I, was, I still can't believe it. It's rare for him to come in and talk not about mu- music at all. It was kind of like the inner workings of his mind and 
internet and culture and social media, and it was so fascinating. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah, it was. I was. We were just really happy to have him here. Um. Okay. Shall we get into it? Yes. Okay. So just one more time. This is going to be the Kardashian recap intensified, and then a bonus interview with the doctors from Botched, and then tomorrow regular episode. Probably no Kardashian recap unless anything big happens, and then a bonus interview with Barbara Corgan at the end. Correct. Crazy week. Thanks for sticking with us. We just have to, you know, make adjustments as we go. Love it. Okay. Let's start uh, right now with the People's Choice Awards, just in terms of the Kardashians' involvement. Yes. So first things first, they looked insane. It was Chloe, Kim, Courtney, and Chris. They went. Chris was in Alexander McQueen, this like sick black suit almost with this, oh my God, this um, embellished sleeves. Yeah, it was very her. It was very Balmain-esque. Oh, yes. Right? You're correct. She really looked beautiful. And then we had Courtney and Naeem Khan. She was in this sick, oh my God, like suit, oversized blazer. It was like black with silver pinstripes. I loved it. Just a bra. I love it. High pony. Courtney kills that high pony and continues to do it even after the balding incident. And kills that like hot suit look. That is not an easy look to pull off. Oh, no. Not at all. Remember Chris's 60th birthday? Yes. She wore a suit. Everybody else was so sexy, glamorous, Grey Gatsby, and she was like, fuck that. And I thought she looked so hot. But she makes it so hot. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like honestly a talent. It is. Throw that shit on a resume. It is. We had Chloe and Laquan Smith. She was in kind of this like sheer black shirt with this black skirt slid up the side. Looks spectacular. I said to you, I was like, Chloe looks especially good tonight. Well, because you and I love her in the platinum blonde, long straight hair. Yes. With like the little bit of a wave. To me, that is, that's Chloe's prime in terms of hair. I agree. Although everyone loved her as a brunette in the, in the fragrance ads. I didn't. I didn't. But everyone else did. People went crazy for it. I think the blonde softens her. I, I agree. I agree. I know. We, we were in the minority on that one, I think. Let, weigh in and let us know your thoughts. I, like, I think people not? just liked it because it was different. I think people like, it's like when you wear, when you're always wearing your hair straight and then like one day you let it natural and it's like, oh, I love your hair curly. No, you don't. You're just not used to it. Exactly. It's kind of like when Kim was blonde for the Legally Blonde thing. Like realistically, she's not going to be that color, but it looked so beautiful. She's gone blonde before though. Yeah, but I don't feel like she would, I don't know. Re, now I feel like she's in such a dark vibe. Yeah. Um, and then we had Kim in Versace. She was in this mint green, stunning, almost like snakeskin Versace gown. How many times can we talk about how good Kim looks at awards shows? Like they've gotten Forever. it down. They have gotten it down to a science. I, I will talk about it till the day I die. No, I we, cannot envision a scenario in which I stop being like, "Wow, Kim looked amazing at that award show." Like I, I just can't envision a scenario where that's not a conversation that I have. Yeah. Bi-monthly. So they won. So keeping up. They won it. They won the People's Choice Awards, all of them, (laughs) every category, actress, actor, stunt, book, podcast, everything. (laughs) Well, keeping up won for reality show and Chloe won for choice reality star. And we were watching the red carpet and Juliana's interviewing them. And this was my favorite part. She's asking them about the fragrance. And, you know, they're going through and Chloe's like, mine's the pink diamond. And, you know, Kim's like, mine's the white diamond. And Courtney's like, mine's the yellow, whatever. And they're like, so where can where can we get that? And Courtney looks directly at the camera and she's like, you can get it only on kkwfragrance.com. And 
they all cheer for her. They're like, Court, we're so proud of you. Yeah, like, way to pull your weight, Court. Me, me and Julie are sitting there clapping like, that's our girl. I thought the whole interview was a little awkward, though, didn't you? It was. I don't know what about it made it. Was, it wasn't anyone's fault. It was like, no, Juliana. no, no. It was just like pauses, long breaks. I don't know. There was something off about it. There was something a little off about it, but I think it was just so funny that if Kim was the one to say that, nobody would have even flinched. But the fact that Courtney is not one to be selling stuff, it's just yeah. not her, which something we all we also have to talk about is the rumors of her not. Well, she said on edge. I have it in there. What do you think? Well, okay, we well, can let's get, it. get to. What do you? Think? I, I don't know. I just really want to talk about it. Fine, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Next thing that happened is there were two birthdays since we saw you last. So first, it was Dreams third. It was trolls themed at Chris's old house, which, as you guys know, is where Rob's living. When I see those black and white checkered floors, brings me home. Right? It just brings me home, baby. I'm like, oh, I feel. I really feel when I see those Insta stories. I'm like, honey, we're home. I miss yeah. that glass fridge. When you're here, you're family. Exactly. That is truthfully how I felt. Um, it was. I have to be honest. It, it seemed great. It was. Um, no, listen. Like, let let's be honest. I think that there are so many birthdays, and that can be overwhelming. But in terms of the posting, it wasn't as much as some of the others. And I guess that that's just because it's, you know, Rob isn't like that as much as like Kylie, for example, with Stormy. But right. it wasn't like everybody was posting like crazy, which doesn't mean anything. No, I think, well, first of all, all of them posted for her. It just was the actual party that they weren't posting as much at. And first of all, she is three, so she has no idea if you post for her or not. And two, the other thing is that there's a lot of legalities with Rob and Black China's custody arrangement and what he's allowed to post because of the whole revenge porn thing. And I'm sure that extends to the family. And therefore, there's probably they probably have a rule that Rob can't post in the moment of her or like anything. Like I think there are so many rules that the rest of the family is just kind of like, you know what, we'll post the pictures that we have that are already out on the internet so it's not a big deal or like some ones that we know aren't a big deal. And then we won't post anything from the party really except for what we need to. And like that'll be it. And that way we stay out of trouble. No, I totally agree with you. I wasn't, I really wasn't saying that to have any sort of like speculation as to Dream not being the favorite. That's not what I meant. I was just saying that it wasn't as much of a production as some of the other ones. And I think you're probably right. That was probably because of legalities or whatever the thing is. I mean, Listen, I know we all, you know, in the in the scheme of things, we were not thrilled with the way that the whole Black China Rob thing went down. But no matter how much of a Kardashian fan you are, that was incredibly fucked up. Like, Black China has every right to, you know, want to enforce whatever restrictions on Rob. I feel that she does. Yeah, like, every of single right. Once you do that revenge porn thing, I'm sorry, it can't be taken back. No. It, I mean, listen, here's the thing with that is that— it, it really, I think, changed the way that we all saw Rob. And I think that we're all kind of rooting for his recovery because when that happened, it was like, oh, he is so much sicker than we thought. Like, he is so he is going through so much more than we thought. And it wasn't excusable. And it wasn't, like, right. Obviously, I think it was really wrong and one of, like, the worst things that I think the family has done. But I think the only reason that people are still kind of sticking by his side was because everyone kind of had this moment of, like, oh, this is so much deeper than we thought it was. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And also, it wasn't like—they uh, they, they both did things on on both sides, him right. and Black China. But, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're total—I'm just—I guess I'm just agreeing that if she does have any sort of restriction they in place— They all make sense. Him not being on Instagram makes sense. Him like, him not being able to post her in the moment or all of these things all makes sense because he fucking—like, he, he blew it. Like, you can't just do that. And, like, quite frankly, anybody else's—not that he has such a career, but anybody else's career would be over from that. There's, oh. You just don't come back. It, it, that is one of the like most disgusting, worst things that you can do. And a lot of the times, I feel like we're torn between like 
wanting Rob to get better so badly that we kind of ignore his past because we know that he like we we're so happy to see him on the right track. And also like I feel like some of us forget or like some of us are like, well, it's black China. So it's like not as big of a deal. You know, right, I because, feel like a lot of people have things, that mindset and that's not right. And it's not right. And it's like, it's, it's, it would be fucked up no matter who it was. Yeah. I guess it was because she, I guess people may have that mindset because it wasn't like she painted herself in a favorable light also. Like she did a lot of stuff that quite frankly wasn't okay. And I think just the, the yeah, it, you're right. It lessened it for the public. But when I think about it, I get really, as a woman, like as anyone, but specifically as a woman, I just, you know, when you're in love with someone and you're sending a, them like a piece of yourself, you are fully expecting that that remains confidential and private and to them it's a very intimate thing even I, if you don't love someone even if you were just sending it you yeah know, but it's it's it, there's a even if you were just sending it there's a certain level of trust there no matter how deep you're related you could have spoken person one time it's still you you expect a certain level of trust when you're putting that out there and it's not the same thing as like a Whoopi Goldberg Bell Thorne where she's like well you have to expect hackers it's like it's not a hacker. You're sending it to one specific person who you have trust in and they betrayed that trust in like the, in the most like exploited, like everything way possible. It was just like a disgusting thing. But the thing about Rob, I think, and when you're a Kardashian fan, and I'm not saying us, I'm just saying, and, and maybe a little bit us, is that if you want to excuse somebody's actions, you'll excuse their actions. No, it's true. I don't, I guess it's like, I don't ex excuse that action at all. Like there's nothing that he could say that could make me think any, you know, that can make me um, be okay with that. But you still want to see but him. But I still want to see him succeed. But I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you can hold both to be true. Like just because someone does something terrible and you can totally maintain the fact that that is terrible, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying, but also right. I, I hope that you do get better so that you don't do that ever again. Well, like, yeah, it's the whole idea of like, should you be judged on your the worst thing you've ever done? Right. Like I think that that, that was a, whether or not, this is how I feel about it. I don't know how we're just getting into this, but it's fine. I like it. Whether or not um, he was going through a particularly bad time, and maybe that was a little bit out of character for him, that is still a character trait. If you don't have that inside of you, there's no hard time you can go through to make that happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. There's absolutely nothing that could ever happen to me, no matter the worst time in my life, that I would post the nudes from a guy that I'm with on Instagram as revenge porn. I just, there's just nothing inside of me. So that was inside of him somewhere. Well, there, I think that with Rob and what he was going through and maybe still going through, I think that a huge piece of that was anger. And I think that when you're not, like, for example, you, you're not an angry person. You're not a vengeful person. So it's it's not inside of you. And I don't know if from Rob's perspective, it was as much about like the sexual exploitation of another person. Like usually when somebody posts, and I'm not saying this isn't the case. I'm just saying like, usually like the textbook case of, of posting revenge porn, it's like you're trying to sexually exploit that other person. Like you are doing this because you know that this is the most vulnerable, vulnerable a person can be with you and you are fully taking advantage of that. I think from Rob's perspective, what happened was he was so angry and so vengeful and thought like this is the number one way I can get back at her rather than this is the number one way I can humiliate her. I, and I think there's a difference there and not, and, and, and again, it's kind of, it's kind of the idea of like, is intent always, and it's like, you know what I, I mean? I know, you're saying but like six still, and one half dozen the other. It's just, and yeah, it's interesting. It's still just interesting to think about, interesting to think about him in terms of recovery, but the whole idea of like, I could never do that is because you don't have it in you 
not from a, like, I don't, I want to humiliate that person. You don't have it from that perspective or you don't have it in you from a, I'm so angry at the person. Well, that's the thing. That's like the expression that you, you just see red. Rage, in that particular case, I believe rage totally took over and he lost all kind of wits about him. And it's, it's inexcusable. And I agree with the Instagram ban. I agree with all of those things. Um, but it's just, I don't know, every time something comes up like Dream's birthday, when it makes me really think about their relationship, I always get brought back to that. And the other thing is that he didn't just post the pictures, he posted the texts. All of it was and like, no, but that's even, to me that was, I know it's bad regardless, but to me that even was worse because it showed him persuading her to send more. He's like, come on, send me something now, send me something now. If you remember those, like it was, I don't know, it just, it really... God, it's like I, I do wish the best for him. I really wish him wish him well. I, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. But yeah, I, I can't forget about that. No, I I, agree. I don't know how we got there, but I'm I'm I glad know. we did. I, it's I always, feel like this is a discussion that happens like it happens once in, in once in a while when we th- really think about it. Yeah, because when you think about it, you're like, wait a wait a second. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, and also because I think most not all, but a lot of women can relate to loving someone or caring for someone and sending them a nude as a sign of affection. It really is. It's a sign of trust and affection. And, you know, you want to have some sort of like sexual fun, whatever the reason is. And I, I think that every, or a lot of women or, or men, anyone can put themselves in that position is all. Well, I think the other side of that also is probably what was even more relevant to the Black China and Rob thing is sending somebody something, not because you love them, but because you're trying to get something out of it. Like if you're like, there's a lot of women who are vulnerable and they'll send something for the purpose of just getting male attention. It's not, or male sending it for the purpose of getting female. I mean, how many dick pics that get sent? Or it's male not and always, male attention, female, female, yeah, female attention. Female, female. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 whatever. It's, it's not always like, I am in a vulnerable place with you and I want to share this with you because it enhances our thing. It's like, there is a multitude of reasons that they get sent. There's a, a million things. And the fact of the matter is, is that like, it, it's almost worse to to I don't know how I want to say this. It's almost a bigger betrayal when you when you send it to a person you love and they post it because there's that trust there as opposed to like sending it just to send it. But it's still like it, there's still that amount of trust no matter what way it is that it's not going to get out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. Whatever the reason is that you're sending it, and I think that a lot of girls resonated with the Black China incident because in that moment, it didn't seem like it was, I love you and I want to share this with you. It seemed like it was like a, a really like, probably something where they've gone through where they where a guy was like, send it and that you just sent it. Or like, she was like, no, no, I'm trying to get you back. Like, I want to show you like, please like, let me send you these. Like, you know what I mean? It was so much more complex than just like, I love you and I want to share these pictures with you. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally, I totally agree. I just can't believe we're doing an ad for this company, seriously. So this is Sakara. I'm going to tell you all about it. But basically, we all want to feel better about what we're eating. And I think sometimes it's really hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good. And the whole idea behind Sakara is that eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. Backstory to this is that a couple of years ago, I was in the Hamptons with my mom and we saw this woman and she had a Sakara bag. And my mom, of course, you know, went up to her, started talking, asked her, and she's explaining to us this company. So when I saw this ad, I totally freaked out because I had been wanting to try this for so long. Basically, what Sakara does is they make organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel your best self. So they have meal programs for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the U.S., And the thing is, they design their stuff specifically to like enhance your energy, improve your digestion, and help you with healthy weight loss. They have an entire menu that's all chef-created dishes. It changes weekly. You'll never get bored. 
there's supplements, there's teas, there's support. It's such a like, it's the kind of food where when you put it in your body, you know that it's good quality and it genuinely makes you feel good. Like I, I feel so strongly about this company. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash CBC. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash CBC to get $60 off your first order. That's sakara.com slash CBC. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that We've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The other birthday was Corey. So it was Corey Gamble's 39th birthday, which, holy shit. I know I always forget about the age difference. I mean, he's literally, he's younger than Courtney and Kim, which no one talks about ever, ever. But like, first of all, good for Chris. And second of all, the reason we forget, I think, is because now he's rocking that gray in the beard and it looks so good. There is something about him that is just... I don't know. I guess it's, he also appears much older than he is. Yes. He has that personality. And I forget who was telling us this, that he really is. Like he comes from Atlanta and he has this very protective vibe to him. He also comes off as like a very like Renaissance man type thing. Like yeah. he like is into like old music, I feel like, and like doing like really like vintage classic things. And Chris loves that stuff, obviously. Like I feel like he's not a typical 39-year-old. I don't know. There must be something. You as a, as a man specifically, you cannot date a woman that much older and not have some sort of maturity. That, that, that You know what's interesting about their relationship is that like a lot of times when people are dating younger, like I always feel like there's an agenda. Mm-hmm. 
And I never thought that about their relationship. Like, I never thought, like, I, I feel like when, when a Kardashian dates somebody that maybe isn't, like, the most known person, I'm always like, that other person has an agenda, especially if there's a huge age gap like that. I never thought that about Corey and Chris. No, but also, I totally agree with you. And also the fact that, like, just because we don't really fully understand his business, he's incredibly successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he needed her for the money. No, or I for mean, the listen, connections. I mean, here's the thing. One could argue, like, yes, he he did in the sense that, like, no amount of money that he has at the time or even still compares to Kardashian money. It's like, it, it's just that it was a different playing field. But it's not like you see him out there trying to promote himself constantly. And that's why I felt that I never didn't trust their relationship because I feel like a lot of the times, like, for example, let's go back to Rob, Robin Black China. The second they got into a relationship and the second that he proposed, she, try, he try, she tried to trademark Kardashian as her last name. Like, she tried to trademark, like, Black Kardashian, whatever it was, Angel or Angel Kardashian. Kardashian. I never got those vibes from Corey straight off the bat, never even once. And I think that's why... I never doubted their relationship or their dynamic. It always felt very genuine to me and still continues to. Well, yeah, and it's also just a continuation of his career. His whole career thing is behind the scenes, behind the scenes yeah. of music. So his he doesn't want to build his own personal brand. He's not out there for himself, or at least so it seems. And I think that that's, that resonates with people. Well, let's get into the birthday party really quickly, just so everybody knows. It was at Giorgio Baldi in Santa Monica, and it was after the People's Choice Award. So they really literally left right after winning, and they went to dinner. And... His favorite favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. They had um, the jerseys on the back of all the seats that said Gamble. It was Kim, Courtney, Chloe, Kylie, Kanye. They had all of their friends. So it was Kyle and Kylie Richards and Mauricio. They had Faye Resnick, Kathy Hilton, um, that whole crew, Tommy Hilfiger, D. Hilfiger. It was the most uh, Isabel texted us last night and was like, I fucking love Chris's friend group. Yeah. They are such um Kim posted a story of Kathy Hilton, Chris, and Kyle Richards dancing. And she wrote, me, Paris, and Courtney in 20 years. And it just was such a full circle moment. They, they are so fun and all so in the same league. There's you know no why we love their friend group? Why? It, it's simple. There is one reason, and it's because they remind us of our mom and their friends. Yeah. There's, there's no other reason. I mean, first of all, like, you hardly see older celebrities in Hollywood post about their friend groups. Like, you never see Meryl Streep's friend group. You never see Julia Roberts' friend group hanging out, getting dinner, doing normal things. And for all of these women, for you to know from their own and separate entities, for them to be friends, it's, first of all, it's so full circle seeing them together. And second, it's like, oh my God, I feel like I am the kid at dinner with my mom and her friends that gets to schmooze with them. And that's our favorite thing in the entire world. It's our favorite thing in the entire world. You are looking at a table of women you know you could schmooze with until... Uh, until for the rest of your life. Yeah. And they have so much fun. They're all so fun. They're so vibrant. They are, they are so kind of like have this, I don't know. Listen, I know one could argue if you're a cynic, you're going to say, yeah, of course, what do they have to worry about? They have all the money in the world. They have all the whatever. Well just mouth to me and goes rich. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get it. They have a very blessed life. I totally, I'm saying that I'm not, I'm not, I'm by no means am I saying that it's been difficult in that regard, but so what they make the best of it. But I think there are a lot I of rich people who are also miserable. But I think with them, the glamour plays into it. I think oh. the glamour is just like, it, it's who they are. And it's, they would not be, uh, they wouldn't be the friend group that they are. And we, they wouldn't be as iconic and as like lovable, not lovable. They wouldn't be as like look up to. You wouldn't, You don't look up to them and like I, I idealize them as much as you do if they didn't have that glamour aspect. Well, yeah, because it, it's, a, it's the same reason that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was so successful from the start because that's the whole, that was the whole reason, that was the whole kind of idea behind the Real Housewives franchise is they wanted to let you into this world that was 
far wealthy and felt far wealthier and far more unattainable than your average person. The first season of Real Housewives of Orange County, the opening was the gates, the gates right. of Kodo. And it shows you like to get behind the gates because most of the world doesn't live like that. So it's kind of the Real Housewives mentality, but just on fucking steroids. And then it's, act, it's actuality. That is their actual lives. Like the fact that Kyle Richards and Kathy Hilton are cousins adds a whole, I mean, our sisters, sisters. sorry, as sisters, adds a whole other layer to all of this. Like, you know what I mean? There's the familial aspect. There's the there's the family money aspect. There's the entertainment aspect. There's just so much there. I mean, and then there's also the fascination of how connected Hollywood is. Yeah. What are the chances that Kim's best friend? Faye Resnick. Yeah, Faye Resnick, exactly. I mean, it's just all of it. It's all of it. It is so fun to watch. It's, I love the way that Corey gets along so seamlessly with them, which is another thing. You cannot have a, as close of a friend group as Kris Jenner and date someone who does not get along with them. You just can't. No, you can't. Some questions I have about Corey that I've been thinking about a lot is, do you think that Stormy thinks of him as her grandpa? In addition or in replacement of Caitlyn? Not in replacement, just in addition. Yeah. But do you think the other kids, because I think that Stormy and and Corey have like a special relationship because I think that like, I think that Kylie, it's her only kid, you know what I mean? That, that Corey has been around the whole time for like with the other ones like for example with Kim's kids North started Corey wasn't in the picture then so it's like they kind of have a different relationship True is is kind of there but I feel like it's a different relationship I feel like when Stormy and Corey are together it seems like grandpa granddaughter yeah I think that's really true listen it's it's like they she's never known a life without him yeah. So yeah, of course. I, I think that I think Corey's good with the kids. I think he adds. I think for the most part, they really enjoy his presence. I think he's like a really a stand up guy, and I think that he adds a layer of security that like Scott Disick just can't add. Like as much as they love Scott, if you when push comes to shove, if there's one person you want to be with in a rough situation, it's going to be Corey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Corey is much more willing to take it on himself because he, it, Scott's always had like security. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Who was t- someone was telling us this that it's factually that it's actually true. Whereas Corey takes that on takes like the role of protector very seriously. It's almost like inside of him, and he's like, "No, I got this." Like this woman, like yeah, of course. When him and Chris go out, they they she, they have security, but it's not like he doesn't still want to be her full protector. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I forget who was t- when I remember it'll come to me and I'll say it. Um, but yeah, I just think that there's so much truth to that. Yeah, when someone exactly when Isabel saying when someone broke in Kylie's house, Corey was Corey has really takes the protection very seriously of that family. Um, can we talk about Kim and Kanye in New York for a second? I have to tell you, and I think you're going to agree with this statement. And I said it to Isabel, and I said, not that they don't always look happy together. I think they look the happiest I've seen them in a long time when they've on this trip to New York in the denim. You no, know, just the whole time, the, yeah. every aspect of this trip, they look. Not even just like so in love. So they just look so happy to be with each other in each other's presence, both of them. Yeah, I saw that you wrote that in the Patreon group. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's. <laughs> You're so down on Kanye these days. It's like I'm, impossible for you to say it. I'm not so down on him necessarily. I just um, I've lost it a little bit for him. So I um, but I, I if, if that's the truth, then that's the truth. Yeah. But just I, looking at pictures. Yes, from a pictures perspective, I do think that they look really happy. I think part of that is the fact that their family is growing. They're, they have these four beautiful, healthy children. Like everything is falling into place for them, and that is incredible. I guess I have a really hard time, and it's a totally me thing, and I, I shouldn't project this, but I have a really hard time looking at it and not envisioning myself as the person in the position of Kanye's partner and just feeling so overwhelmed by having to deal with all of his stuff, like having to deal with every day him coming out and saying a new kind of 
thing that is going to make so many headlines. And I know Kim's used to it and she gets, I get it. It's me. I'm projecting because I couldn't deal with that. Why do you think all of a sudden though that you, because this is like, this has been Kanye since the day they met. Because Kim has had to be on eggshells. The only difference now between Kim and Kanye when they first started dating and now is that Kim stopped trying to excuse what he says. Right. So for me, the reason that it's more intensified is two things. One, because Kim is also the most powerful that she's ever been. And also they have four kids, which is way more than they had ever. You know, obviously like it's way more stress and she's going through law school. Like I just feel like Kim has under so much of stresses of her own that Kanye saying these things sometimes without thinking, just saying the first thing that comes to his mind, not thinking of the consequences. I feel like if it were me, it would affect me more, but that's just me. That's not her. It's, it's, it's a really is a me thing and I'm not trying to project it, but I am I'm just being honest. No, I get it. You know, so I don't know. If I want them to be happy. I obvi- are you kidding? That's what I want more than anything. I, I I want them to be married forever if that's what they want. I don't. I, but do you think I have a question? Because because I think this is interesting because when I look at pictures of them, especially on this trip, and that's why I said it that like I think they look especially happy now. When you look at pictures of Kim, do you think that it is genuine happiness or you are, are are skeptical of the way that she even feels because you can't imagine being in that position? Um, good question. I don't think it's fair for me to be skeptical because who am I? You know what I mean? Like I trust that she respects herself enough to be in a relationship that genuinely makes her feel good. And I do believe that she really loves Kanye but I guess there is some sort of inherent skepticism in me, but I recognize that it's my personal beliefs and not necessarily hers. You understand what I'm saying? No, I understand what you're saying. I think that it's interesting because something that I've noticed about Kanye and the way he speaks, and it was interesting because somebody tweeted this and they were like, it was a it was a Kanye quote that Complex had posted about like social media and phones, whatever. And it was like, when you read the quote, you're like, what is he, what is he talking about? And somebody tweeted and it was like, this is what Complex posted versus what Kanye actually said, as in the sense that, like, what he actually said in the full video makes sense. What you're reading the clickbait of makes him sound like he's crazy. And it was, like, this whole thing that I was reading this thread on Twitter about, like, people will take one thing that he says, and that's, like, the crazy part of the conversation. But if you listen to it in the full context of what he's saying, it— not that it makes sense. It's just that one part is so minor, but that's the part that everyone fixates of on. Of course. In the sense of like, but it's so interesting to me seeing that because like, that I feel like that's what I do with Kanye where I'm like, oh, what is the good thing he said in this? So for example, he had this quote when Kim was at, Kim was talking with Chris at the, what was it? The I have it here. At the Deal Book Conference. And Kanye had this whole quote about, you know, how he probably wouldn't be doing as much work if you want to read it. I think I should read this quote. It's a really good one. He said, I think if my family wasn't so that they didn't work work so hard and they weren't so omnipresent, maybe I would just rest on my laurels of just being the greatest artist of human existence and that would just be enough. Uh, But that's shown that that's not enough, that you have to hit the gym, that you have to communicate, that you have to. It's like modern day Medici or Rome. It's an era of it's an era that people remember for all of human existence. So my point in that is the one piece that the average person would take out of that sentence is that he called himself the greatest of human, like the, the greatest artist of human existence. I cannot speak today. It's okay. The greatest artist of human existence. And you're looking at, you're like, you sound like a dick. Like you said, like, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? But then if you read the whole quote as a Kardashian fan, you're like, what he is saying is one small piece of the fact that he considers the Kardashian empire of his family and of what Kim's doing as a huge piece that we will look back on on, on human existence. So do you, do you understand what I mean? Like, it's like you take one piece because that's the piece that you focus on because- 
it's like what he's saying sounds ridiculous and I recognize that. But then when you take a step back and you think of the whole quote, you're like, he loves this family and her so much that he considers her the piece of human existence that he is a part of. First of all, great point. You're spot on. As I was reading it and then when you were responding, I was thinking that's, I did exactly what you were talking about. When I read that whole thing, I just thought like, okay, great. You think you're the greatest artist of human existence. Yes. Then when I took a step back, I'm like, oh, that's, that's really nice that he's actually saying that he works harder because of them and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, no, I get I it. Just I have so a, I'm a little bit, I'm, I, I, I like him. Like I like them all. I want the good for them. It's not that. I just have a hard time. The level, I know he's always been this narcissistic. I, I so get it. But for some reason, maybe I'm just more sensitive to it right now. I don't know what it is. It's just rubbing You're me the wrong way. You're very sensitive to it recently. It's because it's like you, yes. Okay, that's true. You are a great artist. You also like have a million other things going on. You have four kids. You have a, like, you're not the only person in the world. I, do, I don't know. It's just, it's so out, it's so outside of any way I would ever behave. But you know what? There's a part of her that probably fell in love with that aspect about him. It's, he's always been like this. It's not like she woke up one day and was like, fuck, I'm married to a narcissist. He's right. literally been like this since the womb. So yeah. Well, I think from Kim's perspective also, it's like, it, the, 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 the thing from Kim's perspective that I think really keeps their relationship going is the idea that she is married to probably the biggest narcissist in the entire world and the one person that he loves more than himself is her and, her and the family. I know. And I think that when you, when you like, not that I would ever be able to, I mean, believe me, I could, I could never, ever do it. But I think from her perspective of, of like, wow, this guy saw me as the greatest thing in human existence before I even saw it in myself— and we talk about this all the time. And I just think that from her perspective, it's like, I I think he gave her a level of confidence that she never would have had otherwise. And I think that, not that that's the reason that they've remained married. I just think that that's the core of their relationship is the way he sees her. And I think that like push comes to shove everything else that comes up. I think that she'll always go back to that point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you are. I really do. I think you're right. Like it speaks volumes more so coming from him because she knows his values previously. You know right. um, also, what we were talking about when they were wearing denim was Kim and Kanye presented Ricardo Tichy with the Fashion Innovator Award at the Wall Street Journal Innovator Awards. And Kim was giving the speech and she said, quote, Ricardo was the first person in fashion to put me on a fashion magazine with Kareen Reutfeld. I'm so excited to be here for someone who believed in me before I really knew what fashion was and really even believed in myself. I have nothing to say on this other than I love when Kim has these moments where she is then the one giving the honor to the person who kind of paved the way for her. And now she's looked at as on the same level as them. Whereas before it was a foreign thought that she would even be in their presence. And Ricardo is a perfect example of that. He's a perfect example of that. You but know? do you see how that connects back to Kanye? Yes, I understand that. With c- c- Yes, that Kanye also believes in her before anything. But, I, but not that, even that. It's just like the, the, the entire, the evolution. thing with Kanye is like for me and when I look at their relationship, it's like I know for a fact that every high fashion moment that she's gotten to, that she's been so proud of Vogue, all of these things, they wouldn't have happened without Kanye. And I think she knows that. And all of these moments of like, this person believed me, it's not even just that Kanye believed in her. It's that like Kanye helped her get to a place and brought her to that place where somebody was able to believe in her. So what do you say back to the critics who would respond to that and be like, well, that's totally undermining her success and crediting it to Kanye? I don't think, because I'll tell you why, because I don't think that it undermines her success because I think everything she's done, she's done and she's worked hard and she's made it. I think that Kanye elevated her to a point where people are willing to take her seriously. And I think she would admit that too. 
she talked in like, the listen, fashion world you're in the saying. fashion world i mean i'm not talking about business i'm not talking but like when kanye comes in and he's like you can say no to all of these things like if she never had that lesson who knows she may have gotten there on her own but it could have taken her longer and it could have had like a uh, like irreversible effects where people were like it's been so long that she's like this she's just a reality star we're not going to take her seriously i think that he I think that he helped her get to a place. Not that she people were looking at her like, oh, she's Kanye's wife. Now we can work with her. I think he helped her get to a place where he's like, you deserve more than what you're allowing yourself to do. And you should be saying no to all of these things that not, are not on brand for you. And you should be saying no to all of these fashion companies that don't align with the way you want to look. And I think that that confidence and that him pointing out all of these things helped her get to that point. I think everything is on her. I think that her fashion choices, all of these things everybody taking her seriously, I think is because she demanded that respect. But I think she only demanded that respect in the first place because he helped her realize that she deserved it. Yes. She, he was, you're saying he was kind of like I a catalyst. I think he was the catalyst. And I think that there are a lot of things that she would have done. And I think a, I, law school, I think she would have gotten there on her own. Her KKW beauty, I think she would have gotten there on her own. But I don't know if cover of Vogue, invitations to the Met Gala, think about it. Like they're the same family. Courtney and Chloe are not going to the Met Gala. No, I hear you. I hear you. I think that, um, I think really what it is is that there's a chance that Kim could have gotten there and found that inner confidence and that willingness to, you know, hold herself to a different standard eventually. For sure, she absolutely could have. But I do think that there is some truth in what you're saying in the sense that Kanye almost demanded that out of her. He was like, you are destined for greatness yeah. in this in this fashion world. And I will make, and because because he had ethos to stand on, because he already, right. no, he didn't have Yeezy and all that stuff, but he had credibility in the fashion world. Yeezy's what it was. It was with Nike, but it wasn't what it was. It wasn't what it was. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like he right. had he credibility had for credibility. her to be able to stand on and she listened to him and believed him. So I'm not saying someone else couldn't have done that for her. She couldn't have done it for herself with therapy or whatever it was. But yes, I think that that probably catapulted her in the fashion world. I just want to be very careful to, to make sure that the sentiment isn't like, Kim wouldn't be here without Kanye. No, it's like I don't. She is there because of herself. But yes, I do think that his support and something she would say and has said. And I think there's a lot of times where Kanye would say there are certain aspects of what he does that he wouldn't be without Kim. No, and that's I guess that's a sign of a really uh, healthy partnership. You know what I mean? Like really challenging each other to be the best versions of themselves, not to change, but to really see themselves as as beautifully as the other person does. Right, and I think yeah, and I think with Kanye and this whole journey that he's on, and especially like from this like religious point of view to have Kim support. I think that, you know, Kanye could have said like, I want to do this church. And Kim could have been like, you're fucking crazy. No one's going to go to your church. And now look at it. Like now look at it. So it's, it's, I think they do the same thing for each other. And I truly believe that that is why their relationship works. And I think that is why they are genuinely happy with each other because I think they both know that what the other does for the other. I think, I think, I think so too. You guys know how much I love this company, The Real Real. Basically, The Real Real is the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers. So we're talking Louis, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, hundreds of more, all up to 90% off retail. So the way it works is that you can either shop or consign women's and men's luxury fashions and find jewelry, watches, art, home. 
They have new arrivals that come in every single day and every single thing is authenticated by their team. So you're never buying something and wondering if it's real or not. You never have that like anxiety of feeling like you're spending a lot of money and then it's not actually real. I have bought so many things from them in the past, specifically when, you know, a lot of these expensive designer items, they're really hard to find the right ones and they stop making stuff. The prices skyrocket and you need a site like this to be able to find those items. And I have found, I literally just bought a graduation gift last week from an amazing Louis Vuitton, kind of like a fan, fanny pack. Everything is 100% expert authenticated and you can shop online or visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood. And they actually have their newest location, which is 870 Madison Avenue in New York. In-store customers, um, new customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. And if you want to be the one to consign, you can use their white glove service. They come, it makes it so easy, so simple. I have sold stuff on here. I've been on the receiving end and the buying end. And I'm telling you, this is a very quality company. So shop in-store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's therealreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items. Also, Kanye at Astroworld. So he came on and surprised everyone. He came on stage with Travis. Um... Travis, in the middle of his set, stopped it. And he said he wants to acknowledge the guy who, quote, rolled the dice on me and taught me everything I know. I love moments like that. I love when their dynamic, aside from being brother-in-law's shows, brothers-in-law shows. Brothers-in-law, yeah. Well, I think also this is such a, a, like a big deal for people who've been watching Kanye and Travis because no one knew for sure where they stood. Because if you remember the whole, when Kanye kind of had his... Um, I don't want to use the word breakdown. I, when Kanye was going, really going through it, and he was talking about the rumors about Drake and Kim. I remember. And he was saying about, it, it, it is in sicko mode, that's the line that says, um, like, cut down the block, made a right, whatever. And that was what people were associating to Kim and, and those rumors. And he was saying, like, Travis, you're on a song with her. You're on a song with him, I mean. And your family, and you're not going to dispel any of these rumors. Like, you're not going to hold Drake accountable for dispelling these rumors. And he was really upset about it. And that was, what, two years ago? A year ago? And I think people kind of had this moment of, like, are Kanye and, and Travis good? Because Kanye discovered, like, helped discover Travis. Kanye, like, made Travis. He took a chance on him. And it was very similar to, like, what John Legend says about Kanye. Just to give a visual to the time that Julie's talking about, this is when Kanye was, was on Instagram. And Twitter. And, and Twitter. And he was doing selfie videos, walking down the street, talking about how Travis didn't, I will never forget those. You were sending me like constantly how Travis didn't come out and challenge Drake to basically speak the truth. And he was like, we're brothers, we're brothers. And he was talking about it. And um, Kim and Kylie had tweeted after saying like, they met, they, they talked about it, everything's fine. And we saw a little bit of Kanye in the in the Astroworld documentary where they're at Stormy's birthday party. And we're like, that's really sweet. Like they look fine. And then when Travis brings Kanye out and they're hugging on stage and they're like having this moment where they're like talking to each other on stage and performing together. It was, it was like, okay, everything is, is great. fine. Yeah. Um, also, so Courtney did this interview with Entertainment Tonight and the biggest headline that came from it was basically that Courtney Kardashian stepping away from keeping up. And she says, quote, I just decided to spend more time as a mom and put more of my energy there, but I'm not saying goodbye. I think you'll have to see more of it on the new season, season 18. It isn't airing yet, but it's being filmed currently in this room. It's This is no this is no surprise. Courtney no. has been incredibly vocal for a while, both on the show and off the show, about really not loving it as much as she had previously and wanting to step away. We'll see what happens. I don't know. 
The thing that I'm a little confused about. Is that was, it's her biggest source of monetary income? No, it's not even oh. that. It's just like, I, I don't feel like it takes that much away from the kids when she's on the show. She's either with the kids or she's doing something that, it's not like she's flying to Argentina to, to film a movie and she can't see them for months. It's like you are either running errands or doing a business meeting that you would be doing anyway and the cameras happen to be there or you're at home with your kids. I don't fully understand how being on the show takes away from her kids. I can understand if she was like, being on the show is a lot for me because it's constantly and I don't want my kids on camera anymore and all of these. But to say it takes away from the kids, what has she done on the show where it's like, oh, you you were away from your kids because you were filming? I think that it shows that we just don't understand the behind the scenes enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. You know? Like, I guess there's a lot of prep that goes into it. And like, the, the confessionals, for example, like, you have to go, you have to film those, whatever. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, She's not even on it that much anyway. I don't know. There must be something inside of her that's telling her that. I, I'm curious to see how it plays out because this isn't the end of it. Like she said, it's not like she's just going to disappear. But I'm sure we'll see that more play out. Also, it's just like the core of the show to me has always been the dynamic between Kim, mm-hmm. Chris, not Kim, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe. Yeah. Like even no matter who is involved, no matter how many kids, no matter how many relationships, the core of the show has always been the dynamic between the three of them and their relationships and their business adventures and all of these things. And I feel like to remove Courtney from that, it's like, where do Kim and Chloe go now? Because if they're sitting at their house and they're talking about things that Kim and Chloe want to be on the episode and they're talking about business things, for example, or things that they're doing together or the kids or their birthday parties, like, Courtney's just not going to be involved in that? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're going to have to see how that plays out. I'm really, really interested. I don't know. I really don't know. Listen, if any—the only one that could tap out more is Kendall. You know? Yeah, I mean, listen, Kylie's never in it. Courtney is not even in it so much anyway. If we're being honest, it's Kim and Chloe that carry the ship with Chris. And And Scott. And fucking Larsa. <laughs> enough with Larsa. Enough with Larsa. I hope that there's a giant plot line. I hope Larsa's. Larsa takes Courtney's spot. That would be. I. It's not like I want to. It's not that I like love to hate her. That's really not what it is. I have no hate for anybody that I don't know. It's so not that. But I am just so perplexed as to her actions and how those actions can be on camera. That from a pure perspective of curiosity, I'm just like, wow, you are one interesting motherfucker. You yeah. know. Anyway. Also, lastly, I think this is our last story in terms of Kardashian world. So you guys know the whole rise and shine thing. So basically this rumor came out that Kylie sent a cease and desist letter to a small clothing store, which sells merch that says rise and shine, totally unrelated to the Kylie thing. They came out, this company Case Clothing came out and said, you may have seen Case on the news regarding Kylie Jenner and the rise and shine slogan. We are in no way cooperating in this drama and we'll be closing the website down until this all blows over. We currently do not have and never had a problem with Kylie Jenner. We are unsure where all of this started and we do not want to be involved. Case Clothing owners have declined interviews as this, news, as this is news we do not wish to be a part of. And she, they made the caption, Kylie has not sent any letters. We are not being sued. Kylie then posted on Twitter and said, guys, please don't believe everything you read. I have not sent any Rise and Shine to cease and desist letters. Rise and Shine was an unexpected moment. I had a lot of fun with it and I have laughed so hard seeing everyone's memes since the video came out a few weeks ago. There are no lawsuits, no cease and desist letters. Happy Sunday. Let me tell you something. This fucking case clothing company did not know what hit them. Like a ton of bricks. The thing that I'm confused about is they're an Australian company, correct? Does Australian Daily Mail just make up shit? They literally make shit up. Like the whole thing with like that with Miley and Liam where they were like, and Liam was seen spotted and they asked about it. And he said, he was like, he's like, I never spoke to anybody. I, I think know. they're literally just saying like, it's very like, it's very people 2006 where they're like, eh, 
Somebody will believe it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know nothing about it. But yeah, Kylie, like the fact that she even had to come out and say that is insane. Wait, the last thing we were going to end, and then I realized this, the last thing we obviously have to fucking talk about is on our way here. First of all, Fifth Avenue is completely closed down. So we're like standing at the corner waiting for the cops to let us pass through. And we see this motherfucker, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, this motherfucker. Post a picture of Chloe from last night and right at the PCAs and writes, wow, 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 at Khloe Kardashian. Congrats, Mama Coco, on winning Best Reality Star 2019. That's two years in a row. Two-time champ. I love the sound of that. So proud of all that you've accomplished this year. Revenge body is something that always stands out to me. You challenge people to fight for a better you. It's more about what in life really gives us true happiness and is holding us back from achieving that. True and myself are so proud of you and the sisters for everything last night. You all are truly role models to our younger generation. Keep leading with love and happiness. You go, girl. Martin Voice. Shut up. Hold on. The other thing that I want to add in is that to celebrate the launch of the diamond collection, Chloe did an Insta story of all these balloons. And we see the flower, you know, the the balloons everywhere. And she did an Insta video and said, today was the launch of my pink diamond collection with KKW fragrance. And I got these balloons sent to me. They're from Baby True and Tristan. And I really appreciate the love and the thoughtfulness. I'm really proud of the co-parenting place that we are all in. Someone wrote and was like, Thank God Chloe thrown in that co-parenting line just to make clarify to all of us what what the fuck is going on here. Like, thank God. I'm not going to, I am not going to allow either of us to waste our energy on discussing why we feel some way about Tristan praising Chloe publicly because I understand that one could say the argument of like, you know what? He's doing the right thing. She should be praised. I get it. I I understand that. To me, it's just like, you don't get to even have that moment. Like, congratulate her privately. I just, I don't know what or bad it rubs me the wrong way. And maybe that's me being bitter. And maybe he really is doing the right thing and being, uh, you know, trying to be the big, a bigger person. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't sit right with me. What it is, I think, is that we saw the way he handled things after the cheating scandal with Jordan. And we saw, you know, Chloe really let us into that. The whole, the FaceTimes, the over extravagance with the gifts and the sending things and all of these things and the rumors that he bought her a car and Drake told him, like, or LeBron told, like, all of these things. And it was just like, Everything he does to me seems so disingenuous, and I can't, there's nothing that he can do where I can look at it and be like, wow, that was really nice. Because to me, it's like all of those things fall into the boat of like, you fucked up and you just can't accept that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to even, I just don't want to engage. He just rubs me the wrong way and I don't want to engage. Okay. Also, the last thing that I just wanted to mention really quickly was Jordan Woods. As you know, I follow her very closely. You are ride or die. You know why? <laughs> Tell me. Because you loved her before, and everyone else who loves her before but also love the Kardashians, like, they kind of, not that they dropped her off, but they just stopped following her. They're like, okay, she's out of our orbit. You were like, I loved her before, and I just want to keep checking in on her. I just, I, even though I will still hold true to this day that no matter what happens, she was in, she shouldn't have been there in the first place, I still have somewhere in my heart for her. I really do, and I just want her to be successful. I, I so, so get it. I so badly want her to prove all of the, like, quote, haters wrong, that she could never be anything without that family. Like, I want her to find success. So anyway, and I think that one thing that you can say about her, whether or not you like her, is that she's an incredibly hard worker. Her mom, as you guys know, her mom, Elizabeth Woods, is her manager, and they don't fuck around from a financial perspective. They, She wants her kids to be financially set. It's been a thing we've heard that personally in a lot of different situations and they really, she wants her kids to hustle and they do. And I'm telling you, her younger sister, Jody, is gonna be something. Oh yeah. But anyway, so in addition to launching her YouTube, she also just did a collab with this resistance band line and she launched um, her whole new like fitness thing. So it's a fitness program and fitness plans. Listen, a lot of the fitness influencers do it, but the thing about Jordan is that she's always been so real about her journey. Like we genuinely watched her physically transform. It's not like she just 
talked about this transformation that she had off camera, like before she became in the public eye. We watched her transformation. I think that people loved that. And she conveys this really like real, her whole thing is like, this is my real body. This is like really me. And I think that she resonates with a lot of women because of that. And I just, I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. I want her, I want, I want her to find success and I want her to, um, I don't know. I just, I, I like watching what she's doing, whatever. Listen, I don't buy into that stuff. I'm not a fit plan person, but a lot of people are. And a lot of people find a lot of safety and comfort in her. And that's amazing. And she should go with it. I love it. Um, and also we should just touch on the Chris and Corey rumors. I'm sure you guys saw this. There were rumors that they got married this weekend. Apparently it was a small ceremony. Everybody had to sign an NDA. There is as far as we're concerned, we know absolutely nothing. Would it be the craziest thing in the world? No. I believe it. Do I think that it happened? I don't know. But like, it's not the craziest thing. The one thing that Isabel pointed out that she said in her mind, the only thing that kind of contributed to the legitimacy of it was that Courtney posted a video of them from the birthday and like zoomed in on Chris's ring and then zoomed in on his ring. I don't know. So there were rings? Yeah, there were rings. I don't know if that means anything. I have genuinely no idea, but I feel like we need to report on it because it is a headline and we'll see what happens with that, right? But it's not— a huge headline. It's not a huge headline, but it's But don't you, like I'm saying, like, don't you feel like it would be bigger? Yeah, but it's been talked about. I don't know. I can't imagine it happened, but at the same time, who the fuck? Nothing would shock me. Nothing would shock no, me. I, I, That's I why mean, I said to you, if Kylie and Drake really are hooking up, which I really don't think they are, like, yeah, it would be fucking wild, but stranger things have happened. Tyga broke up with Black China, started dating Kylie, and then Black China and Rob had a kid. Like, And that's not even the craziest thing. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's all so, really crazy. It's all really but crazy. I, to me, like, honestly, Chris and Corey getting secretly married is not crazy to me. The fact, it would have been crazier to me, honestly, if they had had this, like, huge elaborate wedding. Because it's like, it's so not what you, it's not what Chris wants at this point, I feel like. I feel like it makes so much sense that they would have just quietly gotten married and it was just about them and not about the publicity or any of these things. It honestly makes so much sense to me if that's the case. No, me too. But I just, I feel like I we have no, I, I don't know. Well, you got to wait for your the man jury. to turn 39. <laughs> the jury's out. So we shall see on that. Oh, you know what else? One thing that we didn't talk about was, you know what was really interesting was Kim talking about her brand deals. Did you see that? Yes. Wait, this is, this is a good, this is a good thing to end on. So <laughs> it is no secret that the Kardashians have been engaging in these um, brand deals as of, recently that seemed just a little bit off-brand, for lack of a better term, and kind of, they seem to be a little less selective. What I'm talking about is, you know, those giant Louis Vuitton ads or whatever the fuck it is. So she said, quote, now it's a little bit more personal for me. If I have a paid post that comes in and I think, okay, well, this can fund X amount of people that are behind bars. That can help free them with simple legal fees that they just can't afford. That would be worth it to me, even if the post might be a little bit off-brand for me. I really weigh out different things. I really weigh out different things now than I used to. I was happy to hear her say that. At least it gave me some sort of explanation as to why I feel like they're being so non-selective. I also think that's really interesting that I think just the whole way her mindset has changed is so, it's like, for me, I think honestly, the most rewarding thing about sticking with this family is that, is watching Kim progress at this point. Like, I feel like of all of the things that they've done, I feel like this is, seeing the way Kim has tackled this and the person that she's become is like so rewarding. Like I feel it's like you stuck with them, you knew there was something there and now she's proving it. Yeah, it's so, 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 you're so, great point. And she thinks about, I guess it's that she doesn't think about herself first. Yeah, I mean like even on last night on the red carpet when they're talking to her and she like stops and she's like, she says the Ronnie Reed thing and she's like, listen, there are people on both sides and we're working together for this and let's just take a moment, sign the petition, let's, petition the governor of, of Texas and let's get something done here. It's like five years ago, Kim Kardashian on a red carpet 
was just talking about Kim Kardashian being on a red carpet. Who are you wearing? What projects you work on? All of these things. And there's no reason, you know, from a any other, like a, from a monetary perspective, from all of these things that she would have to stop her interview about her collection with fragrances to make the point to talk about Ronnie Reed. And she does. And I think that it just, the evolution of who she has become as a person is incredible to watch. I completely agree. I think it's not fake. I think, I don't no, know. I, I don't think it's so fake much. at all. I, you can't I, fake this type of passion. She really cares about these people. And again, the critics and cynics can say whatever they want. But as far as I'm concerned, I think that she, I have just a tremendous amount of respect for her. Me too. So that's all. So anyway, we will cut now to our um, interview with Dr. Dubrow and Dr. Nassif from Botch. They were so great. We were on Heather's podcast, um, Terry's Wife, when we were in LA. So it was just funny. We felt like it was seeing, seeing old friends. She, te- Heather texted us that morning and was like, I'm so sad that I'm not going to see you girls. It was so sweet. Speaking of people you could yenta with all day. Oh, oh she my is. God, forget She's about it. She's one for the book. She is so much fun. Um, so we had the best time. And then, yeah, tomorrow, regular episode, No Kardashian Recap, our interview with Barbara Corcoran. And don't forget to listen to the John Mayer episode. It was really Really, really an exceptional time. If you have ever listened to this podcast, you know that I love these socks more than I can even explain it to you. Every time I'm like, I can't believe we're doing this ad because these are the only socks that I use. We're talking about Bombas. So a couple of things. First off, I didn't know this, but socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. And Bombas actually, like, the reason they were created was to change that. So for every pair that you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need, which is just honestly like an added bonus to how incredible the actual product is. They're so soft. They have this, like, extra cushion. I got—I wear a lot of sneakers that need, like, no-show socks. And my issue was that all of the ones I was wearing were too thin. So, yeah, they weren't showing, but I was also getting blisters. And I tried their no-show ones, and they're thicker than your average. They— Oh my God, I just, I can't speak more highly of a brand. Like I said, they have extra cushioning. So whether you're walking the dog, if you're at home, whatever you're doing, you will be comfortable. And that's their biggest thing. They want to provide support in places that you didn't even know socks like could supply support in. They're amazing. I promise you, you will love these socks. I can't tell you how many people have said to me like, oh, I listened to the podcast. I, I bought them and I will never go back. That's how I felt. And I literally will never go back. So go to bombas.com slash CBC today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash CBC. Bombas.com slash CBC. We have a really fun treat for you guys this week. We are joined by world-renowned plastic surgeon duo and stars of Botched, which airs Mondays at 10 p.m. on E!, Dr. Terry Dubrow and Dr. Paul Nassif. Oh, we're Great so excited to be, to be here. By the way, congratulations on your success. We love your Instagram and your obviously your podcast is amazing, but I can't figure out why you guys don't show your face. <laughs> You're so cute. Thank, Thank you. you. That, uh, that carries a lot of weight coming from a yeah, plastic right? surgeon. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it was our big joke. It's like, it's kind of everybody's dream to have uninterrupted time with the plastic surgeon that's not under any sort of consultation fee to just say, what can we do to be better? Or under anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So first we wanted to talk about the new season of Botched. Yeah. Tell us, it aired last night. Uh, if you guys didn't watch, which I'm sure you will, Tiffany Pollard, formerly known as New York, right. came on. What an episode. Yeah, it was crazy. So she had come on Botched in previous seasons where we had to fix a problem she was having. She came into my office off camera and was talking about a lot of symptoms she had related to possible breast implant illness, which is a thing, you know? Some people, you know, silicone breast implants aren't for everyone, and some people potentially can have a reaction like fatigue and rashes and digestive problems. So 
And they were really droopy. Time had gone by. She had lost some weight. And so I said, hey, why don't you come back on the show and let's do something about this on the show? Yeah. And because it'll show people that breast implants aren't as benign as plastic surgeons like to tell you they right. are. Right, right. So I loved it. She came on. She was brave and talked about the problems she's been having. And we got her through it, you know, so it was good. Yeah. I think that's something that you guys do really well is, of course, you make your patients feel calm and like they're in good hands, which they are. But you never kind of negate the potential side effects or glamour, you know, make make this glorify what plastic surgery really is. Or minimize. Or minimize. Right. That's what, you know, it, the, the problem with plastic surgery, in my opinion, and I want to hear what you have to say, Paul, after this is over, because I don't really want to hear now, but <laughs> <laughs> is that, uh, you know, it's retail medicine, mm -hmm. which it's weird those two words going together, yeah. retail and medicine. But I mean, plastic surgeons, although very well trained by and large, want to sell you things. And it's important to understand that 50% of the plastic surgery done in this country is done by untrained, non-board certified doctors. You can be a rheumatologist, a radiologist last week, take a weekend course and call yourself a cosmetic surgeon. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable and it's legal and it's scary. Yeah, that, that really is scary. We see that a lot, I feel like, on, on your show all the time. Yeah, so I think it's important for people to understand it's as serious as cardiac surgery or brain surgery. And if you're going to have plastic surgery, you should really know that things can go, and they do, go really badly, even when we do stuff, right, Paul? I mean, the, when we do primary surgery for the first time, we have complications. Especially, you know, I do a lot of rhinoplasty. Right, right. And rhinoplasty for all of us. The smallest things you do can have disastrous effects later on. Mm -hmm. So there's about a 20 to 25% chance of needing to do a touch-up. Mm -hmm. And that's doing the first-time surgery. Yeah. And that's all of us. I mean, right. hopefully my number's a little bit lower than that. But it is so scary of when we're operating and we're doing first-time. And by the way, we, most of our practice now is a botched practice mm -hmm. from all over the world. Right. So they're coming in for revisions. They've already been devastated, and they're coming in for some, God willing, some savior. Mm -hmm. And we're helping them. But when we get that primary first-time surgery, you know, oh, my God, oh, my goodness. It's almost like we're a little bit more scared again. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I'm going, oh, my God. But think about what you he know. said. 20 to 25% of the time you have your nose done— you're going to need more surgery to fix things that are not perfect or oh. a problem. And in his hands, let's be honest, in your hands, it's, it's way less. It's 1%. But well, you've been doing this for a long time. You're the best in the world. But, you know, when I first came out of plastic surgery training, I would do a nose job. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, you were like, somebody has to be your first, right. second, or third. And can you imagine what their revision rate is? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Everyone we went to college with is, oh. is probably going back to get their nose touched up as we speak. Yeah. I feel like we're the only two that haven't gotten anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's seriously, it's a thing. I mean, it, it was constant. Really? Oh, yeah. I really feel nose jobs, though, are so different. Like, because we were having this whole discussion before about um, the differences between plastic surgery, the culture of plastic surgery in L.A. versus New York, whereas New York, it's not as much of a thing. But when we went to L.A., they were like, you're 23 and 25 years old and you've never had any sort of filler or Botox. We're like, they th we're 23 and 25 years old. It was like, it was such a lost concept for them and they couldn't believe that as New Yorkers that like it wasn't such a thing. But I feel like for us growing up, it was like, 
everyone we knew had a nose job. My sister had a nose job. My best friend, like, it was like every, every you know, every Jewish girl like us, their graduation <laughs> gift from high school was a nose job. <laughs> so it is, was common in New York. Yeah. 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 But the Botox and the filler aren't as common. Where in LA, yeah. it's like in every, everybody has it. It's, or Miami. Yeah. Uh-huh. Any of the coasts, you know, any place where people are sort of out in the sun, I think it's common. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. And it's getting, it's getting more, crazier and crazier. Every year, the statistics go through the roof. Can I ask you a question, though? Like, because this is all in my head, and I have no idea any about the legitimacy to this. You know, you see a lot of young girls, let's say 17, 18, in L.A., getting fillers, getting Botox. And the thing that you hear from adults a lot of times, like, oh, they're not going to be happy for that, about that as they age. Is there truth to that, that starting earlier has any— or is it more so just kind of the stigma? I don't. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably uh, Terry agrees I, me on this yeah. because, first of all, what's happening now, as you know, that a lot of the younger girls want to have their lips done. Mm-hmm. Botox probably less, but it's usually filler in the lips. Maybe a little Botox in the early twenties, if that's what it is. But the only thing that happens once you start doing it, you start liking it. Mm-hmm. And when you start liking it, you keep doing it. You are starting it at, especially from the financial side, at a younger age. Yeah. And then what does happen if you start doing plastic surgery at a younger age, possibly and probably depending on that person's personality, and if they have any addiction type of qualities, it starts becoming, okay, let me have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That can happen. Right. Now, one thing that we try to do on Botched is teach and tell everybody about what are the risks of having everything done. Right. And one thing that now we're doing on this season is fillers can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. And besides the BBLs, you know, the fat grafting of the butt, which is very dangerous, which Dr. DeBrow talks about a lot in the show, or the breast implant uh, disease or the association with cancer. But with fillers... The two most common complications, even though they're rare, but they're horrible if they happen, is blindness mm-hmm. or what we call necrosis of the nose. So the non-surgical rhinoplasty can kill off your nose. It can turn black and die. The skin. Crazy. And so this is what we try to do is we try to educate so that everyone thinks, hey, it's an easy thing to do. Yeah. And so makes- very important to make that comment. Yeah, what he's saying basically is that you can go in for filler. It can be your fourth time, your first time, your tenth time. And it's very possible. It's rare, but it, it does happen. It's possible that that filler gets into one of the blood vessels that goes back to your eye and blinds you. Or get, or goes to the tip of your nose, and the tip of your nose dies, falls off. Wow. It's all, no, you're right. It's so important to understand the full risks before you just go under. Well, if you think about it, if you start doing it when you're 17, by the time you're 37, you're doing it for 20 years, what's the chance that one of those things is going to happen? It's like, you know, they say, why do most of your car accidents occur within five miles of your house? Because you do most of your driving within five miles of your house. It's a numbers game. So if between 17 and 47, you've had filler injected 5,000 times, well, you might run into something really serious in that 5,000 times. No, that makes sense. Right. I have a question. You know, obviously we have a little bit of a celebrity lens in terms of what we do. And... Of course, when Kylie Jenner came out about her lips and she's been so vocal about it, did that translate or did you see a translation in terms of people coming to you? You guys should see them. They're nodding like crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when the Kardashians do something, that needle moves. And when Kylie had her lips done, and uh, it was, everyone came in. 
I want to have my lips like this. And again, that's when your filters went crazy, uh, blowing their lips up or holding the lips a certain way in those photos. Mm -hmm. So the filters, and then coming in the office, 16, 17, 18. Now, the two of us, we're not into doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we don't do fillers and teenagers Mm -hmm. ourselves. Are there a thousand offices that will do it? Yes. Right. Or spas. I have a question though, because you mentioned the whole like filters. And if you notice, Instagram just yeah. banned um, plastic surgery filters. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we've been talking about that a lot with these interviews. Um, we had something before this called selfie dysmorphia that we used to talk about, how everyone would take photos of themselves. And when they start to filter themselves, two things happen. As they become more aggressive with the filters, they can get used to that new change look and think that they actually look like that. Mm -hmm. That then translates into some type of a body dysmorphic disorder where they want to go and become like that Mm -hmm. with plastic surgery. Or the other aspect is, which Terry just mentioned this on our last interview, other people that look at you, let's say you're a celebrity Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're beautiful, but you filter the heck out of yourself. Yeah, right. The other people that are looking at it saying, you know what, I wish I could look that good. I think I need plastic surgery. Right. So there is a limit, and Mm -hmm. everyone is different. Now, we do morphing, computer morphing, like a Facetune, but we do an upscale thing in our office to say, hey, here's what your chin, here's what your uh, nose can look like. But we do that to get a gauge and see what the patient thinks and see if they'll be happy and to also see what they think of what we did for them to see if it's realistic. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so happy about that they did that on Instagram. I'll tell you why. You know, I I talk about, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. Everybody's having a better time than you are on Mm -hmm. Instagram and it's such a problem. You feel like a loser because you're not having the greatest time. Same thing goes with the way they look, if everybody's filtering their face with cosmetic surgery apps, everybody looks perfect. Nobody has eyelid drooping. Nobody has a bigger nose. Nobody has all of these things. And you think, wow, am I the only one with a bump on my nose? Am I the only one with this facial issue that isn't perfect? And it makes you insecure. And that's going to force people into plastic surgeon's office and have procedures that they wouldn't normally have. Yes. I mean, now, we're guys, so obviously when we go and do Instagram stuff, as you, especially me, <laughs> I, I lay it out there. Yeah. You know, whether it's actions or, or doing certain things or singing, and you're making a fool of myself. I yeah. don't care. Well, the filters if, aren't that strong. <laughs> let's face it. But if you look at also now our wives or his wife, I remember her doing a bunch of uh, stuff without makeup. Correct. Yeah. Mine, Brittany, a lot of these photos too without makeup. So again. That's the way you just got to be able to be. Well, well, my wife is naturally very weirdly youthful looking, even in in her early 50s. And your wife is a fetus, so it doesn't really count. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to kill you if she's listening to this. I'm sorry, guys. No, I think think there's a lot of truth to that. Would you say, how much do you think of your job is telling people no? Or, Or not telling them, but kind of suggesting no? Now, you remember, the two of us, since we're on a show called Botched. Yeah. And that's what we do on TV. We do that a lot, but in our own practice, because we see patients from all over the world that come in thinking that we're going to do something miraculous, Right. we tell people no, or you're not going to get that result. God, every day, every yeah. day when we see patients. Yeah, but most of our practices are, if you looked in our waiting room, it's people with their luggage. They've flown in from other areas. 50% of my practice is out of state, and 
No, 80% of my practice is out of state. Wow. 50% of those are out of the country. Wow. And wow. so they are coming in with hopeless situations. They've had complications. They've been turned down by their local surgeons. And now, you know, I try to never say no. You know, we had mm-hmm. a patient on botch this season. I first, because we meet them before of off course, camera yeah. to, to determine whether or not we can maybe help them on the show. And I wrote down in their chart, no. And she saw me write in her mm-hmm. chart, no. And she started to bawl and cry. She was like 28, yeah. terrible breast, deformed, bad surgeries, like 33 surgeries. And she said, you're going to turn me down. And, you know, and I thought, okay, I'll just have to figure something out. And I looked her in the eye and I go, listen. I'm willing to take you on, but you know I can make you even worse than this. Are you really willing to go down that road with yeah. me? And you're going to have a wound problem for a while. Are you willing to do that? Open, gaping wounds that will need to heal so that I can do more surgery? And she said, yes, anything. And I did it. It took me five operations wow. to get her where you're going to see her this season. Five wow. surgeries. You know, let me ask you something, because obviously the risk of complication is there regardless of whether it's being filmed or not. But... I feel, at least as a, as a viewer, that having it filmed would add a whole other layer of kind of pressure. Do you feel that way, or has it become so natural now? Um, I'm so, I've always wanted to ask yeah, you this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, perfectly honestly, um, it's not that, because we do the hardest surgery in the world. It's all super high risk. I actually have... I mean, we both have specialized high-risk consent forms where we document that we told you your risk of a complication is through the roof, much higher than the average patient. The one thing I don't like is that if we do have a complication, theoretically, the patient can hold that over you and say, hey, I could talk to the media and say I was botched by the botch doctor. Right. And right. so there's always that sort of underlying kind of concern. I'm not worried about complications because... You know, we do what we do. We, we're the most experienced plastic surgeons in the world in terms of dealing with revisional surgery. I just don't like that, you know, if the patient goes south on you, they can go, well, I may talk to CBS or comments right. by celebs or somebody mm-hmm. and say, hey, botch doctor, botch me. Right. So that's a bit scary. Yeah. That makes the, sense. The PR. I can imagine. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Would you, do you agree with that? Yes. Um, I have to tell you, though, when patients who actually like that, I think we've gotten kind of a little bit used to it, but it's still bothersome. I mean, one thing that we try to do is we actually, especially on TV, we try to show our complications. Mm-hmm. And if we have a complication, we say, hey, here's what happened, mm-hmm. here's why it happened, and let's now try to fix it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But you talking about in our practice more so? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what makes this season unique. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. multiple disasters. Mm-hmm. This season, we show them. And you live to tell the tale. And I live to tell the tale. <laughs> and even right now, I've got two or three that they finally healed from my disaster that I have to do a touch-up on. and But it's going to be good. It's going to oh, be good. of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because once you get past the disaster and they heal and they look kind of like a breast or an abdomen or a nose, then we can do a minor tweak on our And nobody's better at minor tweaks than yeah. we are. Right. No. What's so unique about you guys, and I feel like the reason that the show works, is because it's rare to be to excel in both areas. So typically you can be a great personality and made for entertainment or hypothetically like a great doctor. And you guys happen to both be world-renowned doctors and also have this kind of natural TV personality. And I'm curious if you think that your experience on Housewives prepped you for that or it's just something that's always been in you. I'll, I'll start with this one. It's the two of us who've known each other for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's an innate natural bromance that we have that is not fake, that is not at all, you know, 
pressurized or pushed because it's reality TV. Yeah. Forced. Forced. It's or forced. Yeah. Um, because from, let's say we're 18 years from right now from the past. Let's say he's busy and we're both busy and he's in Newport and I'm in Beverly Hills. I'll get the funniest text of him making fun of me. Yeah. Even back then. So this, we're teasing, and I, of course, laugh at it most of the time because it is really funny. Oh, it's amazing. It's especially, you're looking yeah, at some we'll of these comments yeah, that yeah, he's yeah. making fun of me. And I have to say, I do look at it, and I don't even care. I laugh at it. We've had that from day one. We've had that chemistry because the real way to show how E picked up this project is I was at dinner with the producers of Housewives right. at a restaurant. I, you know, the, One of the guys, Alex, and I were talking about it. We came up with the idea. And I call them. I go, you know, he goes, yeah, I got to have someone. And they both, they all said, oh, yeah, Terry. And I go, of course, because he's my brother. Get on the phone, call him. And he goes, that's the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> We're going to go on national TV and, and take the hardest surgeries in the world and try to fix them. Right. Remember that? Of course, you said that I thought it was me. a bad idea. And then. I'm still we, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the best part of it. We sat looking at photos of botched patients. They did a sizzle. Sizzle reel. Right. A four-minute sizzle. Just us talking. They're talking. Yeah. And I think maybe it was, obviously the idea maybe it was cool too, but just our we, just the way our chemistry came off, they said, we want it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could tell right away that we had a genuine friendship, that we teased each other in a very benign, real way. And I, he said, do you think the sizzle will, I go, the sizzle will be boring, man. Yeah. Us looking at pictures. They put it together. They sent it to us. And I go, whoa. Yeah. There's we, this works, you know. And we both did reality shows, plastic surgery reality shows. I did a show in 2003 and four called The Swan. It was on after American Idol. It was huge. Oh, it was yeah. one of the biggest makeover shows. You guys are so young. You're I remember. No, you're, I remember yeah. after American Idol. Yeah, and he exactly, and he did Doctor Nine Hundred Two One Zero. So we were more comfortable operating on camera. And so botch. That's the tricky part: operating on camera, making the cameras go away. Because you start to think, because you know, we can all speak with our friends, but someone turns a camera on you, all of a sudden you can't string two sentences together because yeah. you become tentative. That can happen with surgery. You go, oh my God, they're filming me operate. Eating. This yeah. is so weird that we don't have any of that. Right, which is that's a blessing great. and very yeah. rare. I mean, that, you know, yeah. that's insane. And it's kind of similar to Housewives when they say that the seasons are always better when you can tell the people were actually friends ahead of time. It's a similar thing here. Authenticity yeah. is It can't the be key. faked. No. Yeah, that's what— Yeah. You guys should see them right now. You guys are very cute in the way you kind of even coordinate the way you answer questions. I, mm. <laughs> they're did like you see, us. Did you see my post on Instagram that I just posted? Which, no, I didn't. I was recording. Tell okay. me. Which one is it's it? Just, if on you go Dr. Dr. Dubrow, look what it says. Okay. This is happening live, you guys. Yeah. I love Watch. a live I just po- I love a live search. By the way, I just posted this 10 minutes ago. Okay. And you're on your way here? Yes. The New York Post. Best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for everyone listening, it's a picture that Terry posted of him and Paul, and he's pointing to him. It's a headline from the New York Post. It says the best sex I ever had. <laughs> That's so that is good. Yeah, we're waiting yes. for a phone call from Heather. <laughs> She's not gonna be happy with I know. that. Can I tell you how sweet your wife is? No, Isn't she the best? She, she texted, texted us, us this morning on our way here, like, I'm so glad that you're seeing Terry. Definitely, you know, wish we could have made it work. Next time we're there, I said, next time we're coming to LA, which is in December, we're seeing you guys. For sure. We'd love that. Yeah, she, she loves is you guys. Such a, oh my God, such a doll. Such a good she's, person. She's amazing. But you guys are the house. same, same background. What's I that? Come to your you house. wanna come to the house? Yes. And I'm building a house on this season. We'll be there too. <laughs> Listen, we'll be there too. We love that. Um, I wanted to go through some of your guys' best comments because your kind of dynamic has become addicting, I think, to a lot of people. 
<laughs> oh, comments on uh, the Instagram yeah, post? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's okay. let you intro, intro this first one. Explain uh, to everybody what it is. So <laughs> Paul posted a picture of him uh, doing a shirtless workout. And, you know, my first thing is when you're like 38 pounds overweight and you've got the man boobs going, why are you posting a picture of you? with the shirtless workout. I mean, and more importantly, why do we need to see that? Anyway, so Thank I you. wrote- They're both in great shape, I said, doctor, I wrote, um, yeah, I am, it's, it, by the way, it's a close-up of him running and it shows his man boobs. Um, yeah, I emergently need to go bra shopping, be right back, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah, I mean, it was extremely funny. And the funny thing is, when I did this, and this was a couple of years ago, I'm still overweight. I'm, I've lost more weight uh, now, thank you. You look good. amazing. You look great. I'm in better shape now. And uh, Fishing for I looked at this, and I died laughing. Yeah. Of course, I said, crap. I look like, you know, I mean, that does look horrible. But you posted it. But the point is, I posted it. <laughs> But I didn't really look at it. Yeah. But that, yeah. But that goes back to the whole also authenticity, authenticity conversation care. that we're yeah, having. I, I didn't care. He's like, I, I, I didn't say quick, take it down. I didn't care. No. Because it was so right. damn funny, and it's making fun of me, and I don't look good. But it, I didn't self-deprecation. Care. Well, that's the other well, side of it is that we were like, you know, it's it's so much conversation about like women looking at other women on social media and what they and I can't imagine that the, every guy who looks and scrolls through social media doesn't have a reaction at some point to somebody that they're seeing. So I think that it's there's two sides of that. I had to call it out. Yeah, right? what everyone's thinking. Look at the next one. So well, wait, Paul, hold on, we have to we have to I'm acknowledge sorry, sorry. Doctor Paul's comment on that. So he Paul comments on that and says, "I can always count on Doctor DeRoe to look at shirtless pictures of me." Hashtag Heather should be getting worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, you know, I mean, the point is one thing though is, I could always like, or if I'm doing something, and I know it's going to get a reaction out of him of making fun of myself, I I will let him know. I'll text him and say, "Go look at my yeah. post." <laughs> He because wants. he will make some of the funniest freaking comments. I get to you, he is, I mean, I'm not like that. I'm a little bit more straight, you know, and, and I don't have that flavor or that flair that he does. And I'll sit and laugh at some of these damn things. He'll sit and make fun of me while we're filming, and he'll make a comment, and we'll sit there both laugh for about a minute straight. Well, I, I have to say, though, as an observer, I think that it's not that you don't have it, you don't have it. I think that he actually brings it out of you. It's just a little bit more subdued, and that is why I appreciate your dynamic so much. Oh, just from you. an objective perspective. Oh. Well, it's funny. He <laughs> it loosens post, you up. He posted on his Insta story last night. He was taking like New York's finest restaurant, Danielle. Yeah. You've heard of this restaurant? Yes. And of course, he didn't pay. Someone else did. <laughs> but it was just a bunch of Insta story things of the the various courses. And I wrote hashtag eats dead animals. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you ha- you guys have it. It's just a thing. Okay, yeah, take us to the next it. one. Oh, so Paul. But wait a minute. Why why are you going to go to? Oh, you're go, well, oh, you're going to because they describe what's going. Yeah. On. So okay. it's a picture of Paul on his on his Instagram. Uh, where he, his uh, new bride is kneeling and Paul. Not kneeling, she's sitting on a she's uh, chair. She's sitting on a chair, yeah. And she, well, she, she's about to pass out, obviously. <laughs> He's singing a song to her at the reception at his ceremony. Singing a song. And it's a song from A Star is Born, a song that Bradley Cooper sings, right? Or Lady Gaga sings, Lady right? Gaga. And it's called what? Always Remember Us. Yeah. Sorry. And so he posts... He says, the moment you've all been waiting for, the only person in the world I'd serenade in front of an audience. And then he wrote, I hope Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga approve. (laughs) And then what I wanted to say, but I didn't want to get any blowback, I wanted to say, now we know why Bradley Cooper hung himself at the end of the movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But I didn't, so I wrote... 
So are we going to have an honest discussion about the voice? <laughs> too soon. No, too soon, meaning his voice sucks. And then someone wrote, well, he wrote, hashtag masked singer. You know that TV show? Yeah, As if a call out to ABC or Fox or whatever. Put me on the show because I can sing and put me in a costume. I, I wrote... I heard the casting director for the muzzled singer called. So good. It's a classic. <laughs> Those are funny comments. No, you have to appreciate it. They're so good. Should we do one more? Yeah. Take us to the next one. Oh. No, Jesus. All right, we won't do that yeah. one. We yeah, can skip this show, one, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, we'll do, kill you. so one more. One. Remember oh, yeah, this? But wait a minute. Yeah, but you know, let's see. But where's the comment from you on this? The comment. It was. It was from you. It, it was. That was from. That was your comment. So, Doctor Dupro. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Doctor Dupro posted um, one of those old apps of of Doctor Nassif side by side. The second, obviously, he's a full silver fox, and and you comment. According to all the comments, that one kind of backfired. Yeah, Hashtag because everyone sounded pretty good though. Right, older. but that's that's not that's the thing I, about about older men. It's just it's so attractive to I feel everyone, whereas women fear aging. Mm. That's true. That's very true. It's, it's, it is. It's the it Dennis Quaid The Dennis, the Dennis Quaid effect, effect yeah. if you will. That's what we refer to it as. Huh, because <laughs> I remember you posted this one of you, like, a few years ago, we were very skinny. Remember? And you said, throwback Thursday or whatever to you when you were a new plastic surgeon. And I wrote... Oh, yeah, that was with uh, David. That yeah, and I wrote yeah. 30 pounds and 30 years Thursday. ago. <laughs> No, you got that. I think the self-deprecation is one of the reasons that you guys are so appealing. Truly. Oh, totally. Yeah. Also, there's a lot in being able to take a joke. I think that especially in today, everyone is like being so sensitive and not able to handle it. It's nice to see, you know, friends being able to bounce things off of each other and not getting offended or taking it the wrong way. It's very hard to insult him and to have him take it to heart. To, he doesn't, he has a very thick skull. He's yes. very... Yeah. Such an appealing quality. Thick skull. skull is not the word. What's the thick expression? Skin. Thick skin. He has thick skull, I knew too. what you meant. I was just yeah. going to go with it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so tell, tell us, what, what can we expect? What should we be looking forward to the most on this next season? Tell me. I don't know. We're, I'm so pumped for it, so tell yeah, me. I mean, from the— from the Obviously, you're going to see some incredible surgical transformations and complications. Um, but you're going to see more of Brittany— and me, the whole aspect of me getting married, uh, of us going to the new house that I'm building, of Heather, of course, is going to be on the show quite a bit with him. So you're going to see a little bit more of us doing some fun things that are not just surgical. Right. Nice. You know, some you know little things, little competitions, all kinds of fun stuff. But I think for me, uh, this season is a traffic accident mm -hmm. more than any other season because we just pushed the envelope, and we had to. And, you know, I think by this time— we the patients come to us. They know that we're pretty good at this. It's right. not like first season where they, you know, they're putting on a TV show and how how good are these guys? How yeah. experienced? Everyone knows that this is what we do. Yeah, we've got a credit line now. Yeah, we exactly, exactly. So we pushed it, and you know, we pushed. They presented us cases that were not fixable. In fact, I actually had to completely make up an operation that worked on this woman that I said initially no to. And what's so amazing about it, it's actually a quite an easy operation, but I had to completely invent it and make it up. And now I can use it on every single patient going forward who has this unique 
impossible to fix problem. That's well, unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's, it was I was like, oh my god, the light bulb went off, and I had an epiphany, and I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I said, this should work, and I said, I'm going to do an operation on you. I've never done. No one's ever done. Are you cool with that? It could be very bad. She's do it because there was no way to fix it. Everyone else turned her down. I did it. It worked, and. It's so easy, and now I can apply it to everybody who has this problem. Well, That's, I cannot. When something like that happens, do you, like, are there other doctors that are now learning that technique? Well, everyone always says that, and Paul does this better than I do. Everyone says, oh, you should write this stuff up, go present it all over the world. You know what? I'm just too busy. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do in my free time is go hang out with a bunch of plastic mm-hmm. surgeons. Paul lectures all over the world internationally. And he loves it. His ego needs it. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think whatever feeds you. No, I go to a lot of meetings. I mean, one, it's fun to lecture, but two, I have a lot of my friends all over the world. Yeah. And I just got back from Miami before oh, coming here. So I was at a medical meeting. And so I do a lot of that. I do probably about six, seven meetings a year. Wow. That's wow. a lot. That's a lot. Wow. Oh, well, we are incredibly excited for this season. We love you guys. We love watching. It's the best form of entertainment. And you guys can catch it Mondays at 10 p.m. on E. Thank you guys so much for being Thank here. You. Thank you for having us. Love the hats, too. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations on your success. Thank you so Amazing. much. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot pet insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC.